back to On the Cusp and got my co-host Matt Snyder back with me. But today's really special for me because I've got Kylie Grant from Oleo Live. And Kylie and I go way back when we started EAP. Kylie was actually an analyst at EAP. And then when this opportunity came up to license some university technology with a PhD professor and build a if company. You want to call him that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, let's say it. Let's just call it. Let's just say it like it is. Jim Cardelli, okay, you uh, know, uh -huh. I think he's your chief science officer. Chief technology officer. Chief yeah. technology mm -hmm. officer. Um, a true scientist, okay. Mm -hmm. um, needed a business guy. And here we are. And here you are. Yeah. So that was 2015 when I started at EAP. And 20, late 2017, whenever Jim and I and Elena started Oleo Live. And here we are now, five years later, and uh, we're still around, which That's is right. a testament in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is, it is. So Kylie's the business guy in there, and I think you've got what? One, two, three, four, five? Seven. Seven PhDs. Oh, not seven PhDs. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have five PhDs, and we have two others, yeah, that, uh, not including myself, that are... Uh, Focused on commercializing technology, like science, life science technology. Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. really what Oleo Live is all about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell tell us what what it is you guys yeah. really do. So that's that's how we got our start. That's what we wanted to do. You know, we we started off by finding this technology from the University of Louisiana Monroe that started Oleo Live, and that's what we're named after. Oleo Live, Oleo means olive, and um, we're we started fo by focusing on an olive oil technology by extracting the good part out of olive oil and removing all the fats, all the calories, and then studying that and seeing how we could commercialize it as a, as a viable technology. But the business model really revolves around the ability to take technologies out of universities and add value to them by, by adding research and development through government dollars or through, uh, through revenue that we generate from other products into building up the technologies. Because life science technologies, all of their value lies in the data that you generate underneath them. You know, not many small firms like us take a drug or a life science technology all the way to, to market. Right. You really try to build up the data package underneath it and then ultimately sell the, the asset off to a larger company that has the ability to market it or at scale and manufacture at yeah, scale. A lot of people say you can't have a life science company in Shreveport. I totally disagree I do too. With, with that. It takes a lot of hard work, okay, because it's mm -hmm. not easy. Mm -mm. So you've had your share of challenges, you fought through the pandemic, mm -hmm. and you're still here today, and there's a lot of big things that you guys are doing. And I, I don't want anybody to think that you're just a single technology, but I went to your meeting the other day and your license in technology from Auburn University. So Auburn, Mayo Clinic, LSU, and University of Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. And that's key. I mean, so those are all different projects. All different projects. Yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah, most biotech companies or life science companies have what's called a pipeline. And pipeline is like your stage of development of many different assets. And oh, so cool. we have about five different assets and they're at different stages of development. And yeah, and so all those could be considered different projects within our pipeline. Uh -huh. So Oleo Live, the original, what you talked about with the olive oil, mm -hmm. how close is that to like reaching market? January. No way, so yeah. like a few days. So by Literally. the time this comes out, it'll be out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, our so goal what does that, that look like? 
like where will it be online like so yeah we'll be launching it online and also our goal for 2023 is to get into retail and so we've we've put all the foundation in place to get into retail and now we just have to go and have the meetings and convince the buyers that this product will sell and and amongst all the other benefits that it has and it's the first of its kind so, so tell me about the product a little more since we're that, I didn't realize sure. we were that close yeah, yeah, to yeah. where we could talk about it. Maybe. So I'm going to try and break it down um, in, in the most... Make the, me want to buy it. The most lay person way yeah. too, right? Because I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm, I have a degree in finance. I, like, <laughs> yeah. So I've just kind of learned this along yeah. the way. Um, but it's, if you've imagined olive oil as a, a glass of ice water, okay, okay? Um, the water would be the olive oil and the ice would be the phenolic compounds within the olive oil. Whereas the ice is the actual health beneficial part of the olive oil. The rest of the, what would be the water would just be fats and, and okay. uh, the calories associated. So what we do is we take the ice out of the water, right? We take the phenolics out of the olive oil and we have just the health beneficial parts of the olive oil in a very small quantity and we take them and we formulate that into a powder and put it into a supplement so that you can take and get the health benefits of olive oil without the calories. So now what are the health benefits of olive oil, right? So first things first, a study came out last year by Harvard, it was about a 30,000 person clinical study that said daily consumption of olive oil reduced all cause mortality. That means death from any reason by 35%. And so cardio, neuro, you name it, right? You need to start like, doing a lot more yeah. olive oil. You, you, you name yeah, it, right? Like it keeps yep. trains from hitting you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe it keeps you, a little, keeps you more alert. From you know? Yeah, a little more alert. Like you're more safe uh, on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> like, I love it. Right, yeah. So And so we basically, our kind of pitch is we take the Mediterranean diet and put it in a pill. And so the Mediterranean diet is is you know what they consume in the mediterranean it's a lot right. of olive oil and really what the health beneficial parts of olive oil are are the phenols and so we take those we put them into the pill where our star compound is called oleocanthal and so if you look at the research rate of oleocanthal since 2005 it is just trended upward and upward and upward and upward because it's it's being recognized as this compound that has a ton of health benefits like and you know, you can't really access it unless you take tablespoons of olive oil. Yeah, how much olive oil would I have to consume to get what your pill so gives me? So, in our bottle of 60 capsules is the equivalent of two liters of grocery store olive oil, if that is any sort of comparison. Yeah. You would generally have to take, depending on the quality of the olive oil, two to four tablespoons a day, which there's around 100 or so calories in a tablespoon of olive oil. And so you're consuming a lot more calories, not to mention you also have no idea what the dose of the olive oil that you're consuming is. You could have phenols in it or you could not because it could be old, could be rancid. It could not be single source, i.e. it could be mixed with a bunch yeah, of yeah, other yeah, olive yeah. oils. It could not even be real olive oil, which is what you get too. Like the, some grocery store shelf olive oil is just not even real olive oil. It's a little bit of olive oil mixed with some other oils and then sold as olive oil. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why you would want to take a supplement versus like thing just off the shelf. And Dude, I love this. And we're kind of unique in the way we've approached it too, in that we vertically integrated. So we've controlled manufacturing. We manufacture just down the road here, all the way to bottling, and then we'll distribute from there. And that gives us a really tight control 
and allows us to manufacture at pharmaceutical quality. And the reason that's important to us is because we're a biotech company. We want to have that stringent level of yeah, control incredible. across everything we do because that allows us to research it and it to be consistent across every single thing we do. And if, if, if that isn't real, if that's, you know, if that's not what we did, then we couldn't guarantee the product that we made unless we tested every single capsule that came out. And so that was really important to us. It cost us a lot more money and a lot more time, but we think that we're gonna reap the rewards eventually. How long have these capsules been, been produced? Like, we when start, was like the first one? Like? Uh, in July of this year. Oh, yeah. cool. We've been extracting the phenols yeah. for a really long time, like since we started, but formulating the powder and how that all works and we learned a lot along the way like how you actually get powder into capsules matter like how flowable the powder is it needs to be like sugar and not flour if that makes any oh, sense because yeah. yeah. it's got to be able to flow through machines and so we had to, you know we, we we failed a lot along the way and we got lucky in that we you know finally stumbled across something that made a lot of sense and uh, yeah, so we, we've been formulating powder for years, but actually got into the capsules for the first time in July. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we were just talking about something being created right. in Shreveport here that's going to be huge. I mean, well, we definitely be, want Oleo Live to be huge. I mean, from okay. an Italian guy, I mean, what better supplement to hey, give hey, you my yeah, shot yeah, of olive oil every morning, totally agree. baby? Yeah, like, totally what's wrong? So, Kylie, <laughs> I mean, you, you've done it. You, you've done the, the entire path of the, the product development mm -hmm. all the way. You're getting ready to go to market with this. What was the biggest hurdle you had in that, in, in that process? I would say, you know, if we leave money out of it, yeah, okay. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. which is always the biggest hurdle. Just generally finding good people to, to come in and, and get going really quickly. We've been successful with that, but it's been like this process of, of knowing when to hire and who to hire and how to like get them up to speed really quickly. But as a result, all of our eventual hires have been inbound to us. We haven't gone out and recruited or, or anything else. And that's been really nice because we didn't expect that at all. We know we expected it to like have to go and recruit people in, but as a result, we've had a really nice, really surprising benefit of, first of all, the med school being really close by and having trained scientists that are really capable and a lot of them want to move out, out of academia. And also, people who move to Barksdale, there's a lot of spouses yep. who move to Barksdale who are highly educated and need something to do, you know? And we've gotten several employees that way too. Wow, that is really great news. You know, it's surprising. And you know, some of these people have, have uh, really, like gone to really good institutions. That's one of the things we have to do in Shreveport, Bossier, is figure a way to capture Mm -hmm. yeah. Those Air Force individuals yeah, and we their family about members. Sabrina we talked about that with Sabrina. Yeah. We had John Ellis from Radiance Technology in here. He was in the Air Force, transitioned out. We almost need when somebody hits Streetport with Barstow, we need like their resume yeah. to like come out. <laughs> Dave, yeah. 
you need to figure out how you get to see who their spouse well, is. Well, let's say the spouse resident. I mean, that right? would yep. be crazy. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. key for us. I mean, that's something we need to take away from this whole conversation. And, and what Shreveport Bossier needs to do is find a way to capture that individual. Mm -hmm. I think it would change the way a lot of people look at us if you showed up and there were a list of 10 technical jobs, we got a field today. Mm -hmm. And it went to them and they had a chance to see that. Mm -hmm. and, and we started hiring them. Okay, now, except the fact that some of them are only gonna be here three to five years. Mm -hmm. That's okay, okay from our perspective. Like, like we, our project, time periods before we hit new milestones, you know, it's probably, realistically, it's 18 months to two years because our cycles kind of work that way from a research perspective whenever we're going through the development of a drug. So, you know, if you can get somebody who has the expertise in one of our development cycles, they don't have to have a long tenure with us. You know, that, so we're, we may be uniquely positioned to take advantage of that, but I, I don't necessarily see short tenure as being a huge negative for a, a lot of reasons, you know, I, I think that the the employment economy is just kind of moving that way. People like to switch jobs. They do. Yeah. Uh, and as long as you can capture I feel the value. In, in EAP, I mean, yeah. I had no problem with you uh, moving on to something bigger and better. And that's, mm -hmm. but that's always been my approach. If I mean, I, I want the the financial analysts to come into you know EAP and the BRF, enjoy what they're doing, and mm -hmm. if they find something that they want to go do. I think I'm on number six mm -hmm. at this point. Turn around and recontribute. They, they go yeah, move yeah, into right. bigger and better things. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stand in their way Right. from, from that standpoint. Right. So I when this hits the, sh hits the shelves, whatever, mm -hmm. in January, so where are we going to see Oleolim? How That's do a really I good question. get Oleolim? Yeah, so first things first, of course, we'll have, we'll have it available on our website, like direct consumer, and so we can buy it there. And so that's just oleocanthal.co. So that's, that'll be live in, in January. Um, and then what retail stores it actually hits on is to be determined, right? So cool. that's a process that's tricky to navigate. We've luckily hired some, some good people to help us with that. And um, I hope to have a really good answer for that January, February. But awesome. we definitely have yeah. the people we're targeting. And um, you know, our age demographic that makes the most sense is really you know, 30 to 45 really health con conscious individuals who care about health span. So like health span versus lifespan, two different things. You know, the average health span in America is 64 years. So that means that's your healthy years. The average lifespan is 76 years. So you usually have about 12 diseased years, if that makes any sense. So we wanna close the gap between those two. We want your health span to be very close to your lifespan so yeah. that you have way more healthy years, not necessarily more years. Um, so that's the gap we want to close. But as a result, so that's target market number one, 30 to 45 years who want to close the gap between their health span and lifespan. Also, if you're already into your 50s or 60s, we want to give, we want to target you from a neuroprotective and cardiac, cardio benefit perspective so that you can hopefully make an impact on what's inevitable from a disease perspective, age-related disease. Aging is a disease in and of itself. And so if you can start to mitigate that, if you're starting to see symptoms of different things, then we hope that we can make an impact on, on the aging itself at, for the older individuals. The older individuals, they don't shop online as much. You know, that's why the retail is a target in and of itself. You know, right. we want to hit them on the store shelves. 
and and go from that perspective so um, also as a result you know we're not targeting the niche specialty shops that the 30 to 45 year olds shop at like we need to be on the shelves that the older population shops right. at you know the uh yeah like Drug Emporium. Yeah. CVS. My mom's her whole life. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of them. Uh, the Drug Emporium. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, Kylie, a lot of people don't want to take that leap, okay? You're, 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 you're really the exception, you know, in, in our community right now. What would you say to that scientist that's got an idea, got a, got a product, or even the finance guy who's slugging it away, you know, in, mm -hmm. that, in that, that financial organization, what would you say to them about taking the leap? Because you're the guy that took the leap. Be prepared for it to be way longer and way harder than you thought it was gonna be, but I would, would not change a thing. And so here's how I would do it every single time again and again. And like it, I wouldn't. I don't want to say that I was right the first time I did it, but I would do it the exact same way I did it the first time. Find a crazy scientist, which most of them are probably crazy. And I know a couple yeah, of yours. Yeah. Find, <laughs> find somebody, and maybe not even a scientist, but go and look through the at local academic institutions, and say, okay, who's got really interesting technology, and then talk to those professors, and say, you know, have you considered the commercial, you know, aspect of this? And this is if I'm a business person looking to kind of break into my own thing. And have you patented it? Okay, that's a yes, no question. If you haven't, have you published on it and not patented because then automatically it's ruled out, you'll never get a patent on it because it's prior art. And if it kind of ticks a lot of boxes, team up with that individual and say, okay, you know the technical side of things. Let me go and try and figure out how to get this off the ground. I'm not trying to go all the way to commercialization, but let me try to get this off the ground. And so what we did is we just started writing grants. We've written probably 20 or 30 grants over the course of our tenure. Been very successful at And it we've too. gotten lucky and been successful at it, and that's what's funded a lot of our development along the way. And as a result, I firmly believe Louisiana is the best state in the USA to write grants for a small business and to get off the ground. Because you can take those grants and get 30% back in, in tax credits that you can then go sell and use that money to fund the operations of your business that's outside the scope of the grant. And so you can do that over and over and over again until you get to a product. If you didn't know, you've done that. So and, and, just to give you guys a right. credit. And so I've done it several times over and over again. And it's been completely instrumental in what we've been able to do. I mean, instrumental. We would not be around in the same context that we're currently in had we not done that. Well, I'm going to tell you, there have been many times I wished I had 10 more Kylie Grants. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I, know. I, wish I did. <laughs> I, no, no, I'm, I'm going to say it because it was a great technology and I just didn't have the Kylie Grant to team up with that PhD mm -hmm. to take that to the next level. Yeah, you really, and a lot of the times too, I think people are generally, you know, intimidated by the title, the, the PhD title, because, oh, well, you know, they're a doctor, right? Like, not taking anything from them, but they are very smart in their specific area, but they also, a lot of them realize, no, they're lacking on the outside, like on the business aspect of it. And they want somebody to team up with them that can help them move it forward. Because what is your research worth if it never touches a human in a meaningful context? I've never felt dumber uh, 
than when I sat in your, your last technology presentation <laughs> with your PhD right there. I didn't realize how much I missed in the chemistry class oh, that I took. Same, okay. yeah. So yeah. I was like, whoa. You don't okay. have to understand it at the That's detail. That's the cool part. You, I don't, have to. you yeah. don't need to understand no, that part. I don't know. I don't understand it. I could probably confuse you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. that was impressive. That was yeah. one smart dude. Right. Okay. Right. But hey, thanks for coming today. Absolutely. Best of luck. We yeah, look forward awesome. to seeing Oleo live on the shelf. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. I look forward it. to being yeah. one of your early customers. Well, I appreciate that. We'll make sure you awesome. get you some. Yeah. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, right. man. Good deal. Yeah.